Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom, who's checking in from New York City, somewhere in Manhattan, I believe at a potbelly uh, where the Wi-Fi was just right. So Anthony... Uh, uh, we will be joining him in the New York City area uh, tomorrow, Chris and I, but uh, going to be a fun trip out to Rutgers this weekend. We're going to preview that game, Michigan, 8-0, number five in the country in the college football playoff rankings, heading out to play a 4-4 four and four Rutgers team that's fresh off a 31 to nothing loss to Minnesota. Um, but let's start with Michigan and kind of where things are at because obviously, you know, a tough deal on Saturday night with the attacks, you know, for Michigan State players. Plowed that ground pretty thoroughly throughout the week. But in terms of Michigan's mentality coming into this, um, from talking to people, I mean, it does seem like this team was very, very angry, uh, as you would expect at the time. And it took a while for them to kind of calm things down, simmer down a little bit. But they've kind of channeled that energy from what we've heard a little bit. And it's kind of the someone else has to pay mentality that they're taking. And unfortunately, I think, at least in my opinion, unfortunately, not to jinx them, but for Rutgers, that's, that's Rutgers. And, uh, you know, I think Michigan will come out pretty upset, but at the same time, they're going to come out, uh, recognizing that they still have everything in front of them. Like football is still here. There's still four games to play in the regular season. Chris, how do you feel about how Michigan's going to play in terms of level of focus this week? Workmanlike has been the word that everybody has used, and I think you're going to see it again. And everybody's like, oh, this is the game to air it out. And uh, this is not the team to air it out against, you know. Uh, this is a team that's going to play its safeties back again. And even Ohio State, I think you were the one that posted in my in that thread, in the chat thread, about how uh, it's not like they were torching them deep, right, in that game? Yeah, so, so Ohio State in that game, one for four on, on deep passes, was a 36-yard touchdown, but also an interception from Stroud and all year. Uh Rutgers has kind of taken that stuff away, as you would kind of expect with right. Greg Schiano. Yeah, Greg Schiano's a good coach. And so defensively, I have no doubt that they're going to play hard. Uh, Michigan can't make mistakes. And uh, they could and still win this game because they're, the Rutgers offense is so bad. What I would be watching out for in a game like this is, okay, you've got uh, Wimsat at, at uh, quarterback now. And you know what? He can run. So do you pull out this? all of a sudden change your offense and, you know, do your run first quarterback thing and maybe do the option or whatever, who knows, who knows what to expect there. So that's the only thing I would be wary of uh, at this. They have no running backs. So uh, their, their top running back is I believe out for the year, but not yep. mistaken. So um, basically that's it. So other than that, you go up there, take care of business. Don't mess around, get up by a few scores and uh, hopefully coast to a victory and move on to Nebraska. Yeah, uh, and I am at a pop belly uh, in right outside Times Square, so kind of pirate radioing this thing today. Uh, apologies for any audio quality stuff that's going on, but you know I think we talked about it earlier this week where it's similar to the last year's MSC week where it's a different kind of refocusing down the stretch the rest of the way. So uh, Jim Harbaugh has been transparent about you know he's a little bit distracted, a little more on his plate. Uh, this is a week for the test Michigan Michigan's culture. And uh, it's assistant coaching staff because I feel like those guys have probably been 
a little more hands-on in terms of putting game plans together and just running practices and things like that. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the old Don Brown, uh, what was the old Don Brown line? Like, solve your problems with aggression. Now, you don't solve your problems with assault. That's not how you solve or, uh, solve your problems. But um, I think we're going to see an angry and focused Michigan team on Saturday. And, and to be frank with you, this is the worst team they've played since they've played Hawaii. So there's no excuse that it shouldn't look that way. Uh, you think they're worse than UConn? I think they're better defensively. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. both, they all suck, so who cares? <laughs> there you have it. So. I, I agree. I think probably UConn's offense is better than Rutgers' offense, which isn't saying a ton. I, I do think Rutgers' defense has been good, and we'll talk about it you know, against bad teams, which is a start mm-hmm. when you're a team that's kind of trying to climb out of the bottom of the Big Ten East. It's really tough to get over the top. Go ahead, Anthony. I'll say this. I mean, the fact that we're saying, uh, are, is Rutgers better than UConn? I think it kind of tells you all you need to know. I mean, UConn is still bad. So, yes, they um, are. Yeah, it needs to – again, I'm not going to put any expectations on this. We know what these last two games against Rutgers have looked like, but this is one, I think, where we will see them uh, be – there's going to be a fire under them this week. This is one they'll want to sleepwalk through. Uh, it was There was a very clear message sent this week that Michigan – yeah, it's been workmanlike, and that's kind of – I'll say a backhanded compliment in that uh, I think that this team, it's time for style points. It's time to start – finishing field goal or finishing drives with touchdowns instead of field goals. And um, I don't expect it to be 78 to nothing like that 2016 game was, but I do think this will be ugly and we'll see a focused team. Yeah. It's a great segue because talking about Michigan's offense in this matchup, all the talk has surrounded the red zone struggles. I think they settled for four against Penn state red zone field goals. Uh, And then Michigan state, you had two drives ending inside the 10 where you have to settle. And that kind of leaves a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth, even though you were moving the ball at will in both of those two games. But when you look at Rutgers defense, I think they rank 130th in the country in touchdown percentage allowed. So uh, they've allowed 15 touchdowns on 18 attempts down there. Um, This is a good defense against bad teams. They also got lit up by Ohio state lit up by Minnesota, uh, both, you know, through the past game with Ohio state and on the ground, Ohio state at 253 rushing yards. So, They've been stout up front against other teams, but when the level of talent is, you know, kind of at the level of a Michigan, Ohio State, and to a lesser extent, a Minnesota, they haven't necessarily played as well. But I think this is a good opportunity for those red zone, uh, you know, drives and and getting in there and being able to punch it in and try some different things out. Um, I don't think you should just completely come out and start doing crazy different things than you've done. They have. You know, there's been a lack of execution too. Olu team he said that on Tuesday night where it's not just the play calls. It's, you know, kind of the marriage between the play calls and the players executing them and the players know that they have to be better too. Yeah, without a doubt. And you know what? It's one of those things where you can get away with it. We've said this again, and, we, and it was through October, right, last year that we had the same questions, and then all of a sudden yeah. November comes and they start scoring a little bit, which is great. So um, somebody asked a great question, too, about the uh, the jet sweep that's kind of disappeared uh, recently. And uh, there are, are things you can do down there. Uh, but number one, I think, is not telegraphing your plays. And I think somebody did a study where I think it was first and second down in the last two games where they were running on 
just about every first down in the red zone on both first and second down. So, you know what, if you're a defense, you're pinning your ears back and saying, hey, you know what, let's stop the run first because that's probably what's coming. So, uh, but they do self-scout and that's what they need to do. Matt Weiss and those guys need to be better. And he said it yesterday. He said, yeah, we need to coach it better. And there have been times it's been execution as well, without a doubt, but against Ohio State. And that's what we're looking at, right, guys? I mean, Illinois might give them a game or, or you know, maybe they'll play them tougher. That's a solid football team, but that's a game you're going to beat at home if you play well or decently. But that's really what we're all looking at right now is you cannot score field goals against these guys. You're going to have to score touchdowns. So that is really uh, what we're concerned about at this point. Yeah, and the last couple of games, Brad Robbins has gotten a bit of a break. I think it is time for to rest up Jake Moody's leg a little hmm. bit. Um, you know, it, it's nice to know that when you get down there and things do fall apart because that's just football, that you have a guy that is good from anywhere from the automatic ones to the 54 yarders, the 55 yarders, it's not automatic from out there, but you know that that's in his repertoire. So it's nice to have, but not something you want to lean on. Um, you know, I, I think that some of what we're seeing is the byproduct of still, they're still breaking in a young quarterback and there's things he's not seeing at times when that field shrinks down there, but uh, the play calling, we've been harping on this. It needs to be a little more creative. I would love to see more pre-snap motion. Would love to see more of the A.J. Henning uh, jet sweeps or, or some of those type of plays. And you know what? I know that they don't have a guy that's like a, a Nico Collins on this roster, but, you know, you got to take a shot to the, to the end zone too or, or take a shot close to it and give your guys a chance to make a play. I know this offense, when it's humming, they do the death by a thousand paper cuts thing, and that's how they wear you down. But there is – there is an explosiveness that's still kind of missing um, when, when they get down there. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if that looks like getting the running backs more involved in the passing game. I love when they run that halfback angle, uh, that play, Donovan Edwards, the wheel route stuff, I think is something you could use. The tight, uh, Luke Schoonmaker down there, I think, can be a big target for you. So it just needs to be – I think the play, everyone needs to be better down there. It's play calling, it's protection, it's – your playmakers, all of it. it. It all needs to improve down there. Yeah, no matter the play call, some of those negative plays, that's that's not on the play call. You know, plays never designed to go backwards. I know some plays have a higher percentage of doing that than others, and some of them have been slow developing, as we've talked about, uh, which I don't like as much. But um, Blake Corum in this game, he continues his Heisman campaign. I don't expect him to have to rush 29 times, which is his average during Big Ten play, which is just amazing. So maybe we will see – a little bit more of Donovan Edwards. I agree, Anthony. He's a matchup nightmare. Jacoby Winman, uh, although he's got other things on his mind now as a suspended player, but he's probably seeing Donovan Edwards in his nightmares and Luke Schoonmaker as well. Um, flipping to the Michigan defense, Chris, you mentioned it with Gavin Wimsat. I mean, I was talking to Dom Savino, who runs their radio uh, pregame show over there. Stay tuned uh, for that. I'll be appearing on a pre-recorded hit before the game for those guys. I know most people listen to the uh, – the guest radio broadcast or the, the opposing team's radio broadcast. But he was saying that, no, Gavin Wimsat is not the best quarterback on this roster for this year. It's Noah Vedral who we've seen over the last couple seasons. But Greg Schiano is pretty much throwing Gavin Wimsat in because he knows he's the future. He wants him to get experience. He wants him to kind of learn on the fly. And, you know, I, I get it. I understand it. And, you know, I think that, People there are for that because they know he's the future. But I don't think that's going to work out so well in a game like this. He's already struggled this season against any opponent. Uh, and, Chris, when you talk about the running, uh, I agree he's he's mobile, he's going to run. But 
this is a kid who took a huge shot to the head last week and got knocked out of that game. So wow. I'd be a little bit surprised if they just kind of start running him a ton against this Michigan defense. But Gavin Wimsat, 16 for 40 on the season, 185 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, uh, is under pressure, completed one pass for nine yards, uh, been really rough there, and it's not a good offensive line. Uh, looking at their offensive line, left tackle Willie Tyler the third Juco transfer. Left guard J.D. Dorenzo, FCS transfer. Center Ireland Brown is a former defensive lineman. So it's kind of a makeshift offensive line. They have a couple playmakers on the outside. Aaron Cruikshank is a guy that Michigan fans know from, from scoring the big touchdown late in the 2020 game that we most of us blocked out of our memory anyway. Um, but he's dangerous. I think he can make a play in, in the return game. He has two kickoff return touchdowns in his career. And I think if Rutgers wants to keep this close, they're going to need something like that. But when you look at this Rutgers offense, it's pretty inept. What do you guys expect from the Michigan defense in this game? Yeah, number one, just ask Jake Moody to kick the ball deep, right, and out of the end zone, and that takes care of that, and which has yeah. been doing extremely well all year. It's be nice weather, too. It's going to be beautiful, weather, 65 so. degrees, probably a kickoff. feels like September, not, uh, not <laughs> yeah. November weather, which is fantastic. Yeah. So that's how you eliminate that. Uh, number two, just don't punt right? <laughs> Which has been a good formula the last few weeks. And so, uh, and then you don't have to worry about him returning any punts. So, but defensively, this is a game where I could see this kid just being overwhelmed and throwing a few picks, right? This offensive line is so bad and that they're going to get in there, you know, probably without having to blitz, they can't run. So you're putting, asking an awful lot of this kid who I believe was the number one uh, dual threat quarterback in the country coming out of high school, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that's why to me, I think, okay, watch for something maybe a little bit unexpected here where uh, they put a little bit more on him with his legs than maybe you're accustomed to seeing. So especially when you're 16 of 40 and, and you can't throw the ball and you're going to get, I mean, this is going to be the best pass rush he's probably faced all year to date. So, uh, or they've, they've faced, I think this is only a second start. So, but it's going to be, I think it'll be a little overwhelming for him. So uh, I, and more than anything, it's, it's going to be, it's really going to be on the Michigan offense to, to move the ball, put up some points early. And uh, because I don't see them, you know, they get it. If they score 14 points, I think that could be enough to win this football game. Yeah. And, and something about this Rutgers game over the last couple of years is that you've gotten the, honestly, maybe the best football game they've played all year in both of those seasons. So they're going to be on high, you know, they're, they'll be fired up and especially, you know, Michigan, they always bring out the best in most of their opponents especially coming off a Big Ten title. It's going to be a night game, so everyone's fired up for that. I have this gut feeling, and maybe maybe this is something that I should just be saving for later on when we get to predictions, but I, I think that Michigan's going to score on defense this week. I think that that ball is going to be right for the picking. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them. Uh, they talked about how these turnovers are looking for them to kind of snowball. I think this is a game when you're playing a young quarterback and a team that is so overwhelmed up front on the offensive line, I, I see havoc coming for Michigan's defense this week. And even last week, I mean, they weren't, they were far from perfect, got beat on some 50, 50 balls. Uh, I think that this is a, again, it goes back to poor, poor Rutgers. I think this is the team that they're just going to have to feel the wrath this week. So again, I mean, you look at keys to the game, very simple, right? Don't kick the football, uh, score more points than the other team. Don't allow, don't allow the other team to score any points. Score more points than the other team. Wow, that is that is yeah, some good. It's the hard hit stuff. I agree with you though, man. I'd be disappointed, wouldn't you, if they didn't get a turnover or two in this game? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, Iowa kind of makes a habit of doing it, but I just feel like mm-hmm. um, when I watched that game that they played against Iowa, whatever it was a month or so ago, I mean, that ball was just there's no 
there's no rhyme or reason for anything they do offensively. And they have a young quarterback. So um, if this is going to be the week they do it, and I, I mean, this season's been such a blur already that I can't even remember when the last time they had a pick six or whatever it was. Uh, it's been a while. So I think this is the week that that happens. Yeah. I think last pick six was DJ Turner against Maryland last year. And the last defensive touchdown for Michigan was week one, if I'm not mistaken, the scoop and score from DJ Turner. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I agree with you. I think they need to force a couple. They don't need to because they're going to win. But uh, it would be nice to force a couple turnovers. This is a team that's been pretty close. Steve Klinkscale, uh, some members of the media getting him just fired up on Wednesday, asking about what do you need to do better. And every time, you know, you know the answer with him. He wants more turnovers. And he said, uh, you know, half jokingly, I'm sorry, I'm getting worked up today. But we need to get the ball. We need to get the damn ball out, I think he said. So uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. And, and they're stressing that. It's something that they want to do. And, and you're right. I think with the lack of round game, as you mentioned earlier, Chris, Samuel Brown V, uh, they're running back out for the season, had surgery on Monday. And like teams that have not been able to run the ball against Michigan, and that's been about every team, just have had no success on third down. Uh, Michigan State is the formula there. You look at it last week, they averaged 8.8 yards to go on third down. That's, that's tough for Peyton Thorne, who's a redshirt junior. That's going to be extremely tough for Gavin Wimsat, who's an 18-year-old, one of the youngest starting quarterbacks in the entire country, uh, reclassified last year as a freshman. So, um, you know, I think that that is prime opportunity to get some turnovers, uh, and we can talk about that as well in my predictions. Anthony alluding to that, I do have something like that worked up. Uh, anything else before we get to our picks uh, for this game? And Yeah, I think the V stands for five, the fifth. Sam what an idiot I am. Yeah. <laughs> I was just reading off the thing, off the box. That's door. okay. I was That's wondering right. if that would, I was wondering if that would get addressed or not because it was going to well, get roasted in the YouTube comments. <laughs> that needed to get addressed. Okay. That's um, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess my last thought defensively is that uh, something else that Clink spoke about yesterday was you know they're going to mix up coverages and, and throw these these quarterbacks off balance. I mean that is a. Gavin Wimsett is basically a freshman still like that's his head will be spinning. I expect. So mm -hmm. I just, I mean, there's, there's, there might, they might have a rogue touchdown drive or two in them, but there's just no reason that this, this should be even anything more than breaking a sweat. Uh, right. In my opinion. It'd be disappointing if they scored a touchdown, even with Samuel Brown V out. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and you're right. And this is even a team Michigan has had over 40, minutes of possession in each of the last two games against Penn State, a top, what, 15, 20 type team, and Michigan State, a not very good team, but still two games in a row of that. Minnesota last week, over 40 minutes of possession against Rutgers. So the formula is there to really keep them off the scoreboard. And uh, we'll talk about our predictions in a second. First, let's talk about our friends at Prize Picks. Football is in full swing. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing Daily Fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, 
Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Uh, this week, I will be taking LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels more than 35 and a half rushing yards. He's a really good runner. Uh, I think uh, there'll be some opportunity there. Alabama's defense been a little suspect. And J.J. McCarthy, more than 225 and a half passing and rushing yards combined. Uh, against Rutgers Hutch our fantastic producer has Aaron Rodgers more than 250 and a half pass and rush yards combined and Jalen Hurts Philadelphia Eagles quarterback more than two and a half pass rush or receiving touchdowns maybe a Philly special there uh, what do you guys have this week wait doesn't don't the Packers play the Lions yes so then hell yeah I'm changing my pick to that and I'm going more than. <laughs> so there's one. Okay. So forget about the first one. The second one, I've got Aiden O'Connell less than 295.5 yards against that Iowa defense. That's still solid, even though they're, you know what, their offense is, is probably as bad as Rutgers, right? Uh, Anthony, I think those guys are just, yeah. they're just terrible. Yeah. Um, gosh, my picks this week, I'm probably going to. I want to be a little bit different than Clay. I'm going to go with, I, I believe that says 205.5 passing yards for JJ. I'm going more, uh, more than that for JJ McCarthy. And then, uh, goodness gracious, uh, whatever the over on Blake Corum's rushing yard total is, I think the there are yeah. the more than I'm sorry. That's, that's bad form on my part. Uh, it's like 135.5. Actually, you know, what? I'm going to change that and go less than, uh, I don't know that he's going to play enough and I can actually see Michigan sort of dialing back his workload a bit, you know, down the stretch here. Need to see more Donovan Edwards. Need to see a little bit more C.J. Stokes. Uh, So those will be my picks. And also, guys, uh, if you get involved with this, like I said, the 100% deposit match, uh, if you win on a certain week, tweet us, send us a message on the message board, leave it in the YouTube comments. We'll shout you out next week. So trying to drive some more participation in this. Um, It's a great, like, prize picks has been so much fun to track and, adds a little more, uh, you know, usually I'll pick what the Michigan game is, but uh, it adds a little more juice to whatever game you decide to watch. And uh, usually great promos on there too. So shout out to our friends over at Price Picks. Yeah, and hit me up to commiserate if you lose as well, because I've been losing quite a bit. But uh, it's still fun to play and follow, and you get that rush when you win. Uh, download the Price Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget, that's the prize picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take the viewing of your team to the next level this season. Uh, let's do our predictions for this Michigan at Rutgers game. 7.30 kickoff in Piscataway prime time. Uh, Michigan 26-point favorite. Last I looked, over under. 45 points. Um, I think the over-under is going to push, and I think the, the score is going to be 45 to nothing Michigan. I I wouldn't be surprised if Rutgers scores. I think Michigan is going to get its second shutout of the season. I think it's going to be the second straight week that Rutgers gets shut out. Um, I, I just think it's, it's a terrible matchup. Uh, Michigan's going to come out fiery and kind of get this win. Workman-like, I think, is a good way to put it. 
head back home and uh, and move on to the final three games of the season. Yeah, how good's your kicker? Um, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's hit all of his plus forty. Uh, missed one outside of fifty, but he's he's pretty good. So okay. if they get close, you know, you yeah. may get some points. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go thirty-seven to six. I think they're gonna get a couple field goals, probably one at the end of the game when Michigan's backups are in. They'll drive the field and uh, you know what, give the kids some work. But uh, or in the fourth quarter or whatever. So that's what I'm looking at. And uh, I think, yeah, it's going to be really, really hard for Rutgers to move the ball. Yeah, I think if, if I remember correctly, the last, you know, 16 hours or so have been a bit of have been a bit of a blur. I think my staff pick was 52 seven. So I'm going to stick with that. I think that Michigan uh, will finish will, will not have any resistance when they're on offense. I think they will finish most of those drives. Uh, with touchdowns, uh, if my math is correct, that would be seven touchdowns and a field goal. So it's not going to be a drubbing the likes of which the 2016 team was able to deliver. I don't know that we'll ever see a Michigan team do that in Big Ten play again, but uh, it, it will be – I don't see what's happened the last couple of years happening in this game. Uh, Michigan will win. will do so comfortably. We're probably going to see a lot of Davis Warren in the second half. Yeah, as a program, if you look at it, Michigan's – ascending, you know, getting better even from a high level already. And Rutgers is kind of stuck in neutral, uh, you know, trying to get over the hump a little bit. So I agree. I, I don't see that happening necessarily what, what did last year. That defense isn't as good even as it was last year, in my opinion. Um, offensive player of the game. I'm going to go with just the safest pick. I, I think it's going to be Blake Corum. I know, you know, he probably, like I said earlier, won't get those 30 carries that he's damn near averaging during Big Ten play. But um this Rutgers defense has not stopped good teams on the ground. Last week, Mo Ibrahim for Minnesota had 13 missed tackles. Blake Corum has been forcing those at a high, high rate, 53 for the season. I think he's going to be really tough to deal with if you're Rutgers. And I'll, I'll go with the guy who's been Michigan's player of the year so far. Ditto. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh We've, we've kind of been hard on this guy, but it's a homecoming of sorts. Cornelius Johnson from Connecticut, I believe, uh, had a terrible game last week. I, I'm going – I have a gut feeling he bounces back in a big way this week. And that we also see some more Andre Anthony, which I feel like we've been calling for for 10 weeks at this point. But Cornelius Johnson, weird gut feeling. I don't know why. By we, he means him. Andre Anthony is going to have a big game, but that's all right, man. Yeah. Well, he's Harbaugh. due, brother. He's due. Yeah, he is due. Yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh said on Monday night that he would like to see more targets for Andrew Anthony. This is on his radio show with John Jansen. And he thinks that we will going forward. But also, I feel like he's been saying that, too. Uh -huh. um, and we just haven't seen it. And part of it's on Andrew too. I mean, I love the kid. But it's like, you know, at some point, you are out there a decent amount. Um, and Michigan's not throwing a ton. But, yeah, uh, Cornelius Johnson, I've said it before on several occasions. He seems to have a big game when you least expect it, when you're saying like, wait a minute, Cornelius Johnson played that much and he didn't do anything last game. Then he seems to have a big one. And he played well at Rutgers two years ago in front of a raucous environment of like three people in the crowd <laughs> in that triple overtime win. But um, it's a good pick there. Defensive player of the game. I'm going to go with Rod Moore, the guy who just seems to be all over the football. I think this or all around the football at all times. I think this is a game as we talked about with some of those turnovers that we're going to see Michigan get a couple. And Rod Moore is a guy who, re-watching that Michigan State game, he baited Peyton Thorne into making that throw. I asked him about that on Monday. I think he's going to bait Gavin Wimsatt, an even worse and inexperienced quarterback, 
into something like that this weekend. So I'll go with him and maybe a defensive score because Rod, if you remember watching him in high school, was a really good receiver too. And he looked he looks pretty natural every time he has the ball in his hands. Three picks on the year leads Michigan in turnovers. I'll take Rod Moore. I think Mike Morris is going to have a big game rushing the passer. I think he's going to have a couple sacks here and get a lot of pressures. Uh, who was it? Was it Mike Elston said on Monday night that he was getting chipped a lot by tight ends now because yeah. he's earned that, right? He has really come on to the point where he's earned that added attention just as they hoped he would. Uh, he's been outstanding. I'd love to see him come back for another year next year, by the way. I hope they're working on that because that could be huge for the defense. Just throwing that out. No. Yeah, speaking of defensive backs that have wide receiver backgrounds and that are uh, ascending, so to speak, I'm looking at Will Johnson this week. Uh, it seems like, uh, I don't know, Chris, maybe you can speak to this. It seems like we're going to get a little bit more of him. I don't know what's what the status of Jamon Green is, but Will Johnson, I think, is a guy, you know, regardless of Jamon Green's situation, that every week you just kind of see him take another step. And it's not showing up in the box score, but – Man, he's been impressive, and he looks the part out there, and I think he'll have an opportunity. And if uh, Michigan has this little turnover fest, like I think uh, it will, I think he'll be a part of that. Yeah, and Steve Klinkscale said on Wednesday that they he's going to be playing more regardless, but the Jamon Green situation, potential for him not playing, will only increase that. So I think that's a good pick um, there. And speaking of Mike Morris, man, I would love to see him come back as well, but then you look at – not that this means anything because we're through eight games, but Mel Kuyper today, his big board has Mike Morris as the 22nd best player uh, or pro prospect in all wow. of college football. So well, then forget I, mean, I said that. Go make your money, young man, if that's the case. Because... If that's the case, and it's his big board, yeah. it's not a mock draft, so it's not saying he's first right. round, but um, he's impressed some people. I think the end of the year for him, the last five, six games, maybe mm -hmm. seven, uh, could be huge for him in terms of you know how he finishes because he's been really good so far. But yep. Um, would love to see him back, obviously, and a great kid as well. Be a great, um, cap be a great captain, Mike. Just saying. He would. Yeah. He would. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. So <laughs> <laughs> Don't think um, he's not, man. We're getting more and more every week. It's true. It's so, true. I'm not ruling it out. Um, that's right. Not ruling it out. So those are our uh, final score predictions, offense, defense player of the game. Uh, let's get into our last segment, No Man Knows the Future, our picks for college football week 10. Uh, which is insane to say um, some pretty good games, probably the best slate of games in terms of actual meaningful, you know, college football playoff implication type of stuff uh, slate of the season. We'll start with Tennessee at Georgia, a battle of two top four teams, including Tennessee. Number one, Georgia at home, eight point favorites over under 66. Um, something tells me the Georgia defense is going to get the better of them at home in this game. Eight points. I think is a good line by Vegas. Good job there. Um, tough to cover that, but I, I think Georgia will. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. They've got the experience in the big games and they rise to the occasion in those games. I see Georgia covering and winning by two scores. Okay. Can you, can you run through the line for me one more time? It's yeah. Eight. Georgia's an eight point favorite over under 66. Hmm. I'm going to go with Tennessee. They have a – they're starting to kind of develop that LSU 2019 just in terms of explosiveness. And uh, I think that Joe Burrow LSU team went – I believe, if I remember correctly, they went into uh, Alabama and won a game like that. It was a one versus two. Um, that That is a team right now that is just – Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, they are just firing on all cylinders. I wouldn't be surprised if they win it outright, but I definitely think they'll cover the eight points. No, it's going to be a good game. That'll be uh... – the 3.30 uh, on CBS, so leading into 
what everyone everyone will go right from that game to the Michigan Rutgers game on BTN. Well, those who aren't watching the Michigan State Illinois. That's true. Yes, that's true. So you know you have a couple games going on there. That's um, on, the on the home shopping network, by the way, for people who don't <laughs> want to watch that one. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. Tune into yeah. that. Uh, by the way, Jake Butt, we get him on the Michigan call. So excited to rewatch that already. Even before the game happens, I'm excited for it uh, on BTN. So uh, enjoy that, everybody. And then Alabama at LSU, uh, night game in uh, Baton Rouge. LSU, 13.5-point underdogs at mm. home, over under 56.5. That seemed like high. That seemed high to me when it came out. Um, I think LSU has a chance in this game, but it kind of scares me a little bit. The Vegas views it this way. Since it's 13 and a half, I would I would go outside of that and take Alabama. Um, but if you move the line maybe a little bit, stay within two scores, potentially LSU. But I'll go Alabama. I'm going LSU to cover. Uh, and I like uh, at night. I think uh, Brian Kelly's team's getting better. And I, I like them to I like them to keep this one close. I think they'll lose, but I think they'll cover. Yeah, this one has sucker bet written all over it. Um, but I'm going to go with LSU. And Michigan fans, PSA for you. If you want Alabama, the boogeyman, so to speak, to get knocked out of the playoff race, because they are lingering right on your heels. You have to root for Brian Kelly this week. I'm sorry. You have to root for Notre Dame this week. I'm sorry. You have to root for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin next week. So uh, tough pill to swallow. Uh, but all that to say, I'm going to go with LSU to cover in this game. When does TCU play at Texas? Isn't that coming up in a week or two? I'm not sure exactly. I'm yeah, but I do think they do. Come on, Hutch, get on that for us. So, um, yeah, we'll see that uh, that that's going to be a big one too because you want TCU knocked out of the picture as well. I agree. Um, And speaking of this, so the debate, you know, this week after the Tuesday night college football playoff, you know, the the committee releases the rankings. Clemson. I mean, I I don't agree with it. I think Michigan should have been ahead of Clemson. I think a lot of people feel that way from a national perspective and around, you know, Michigan and, and all that. And the big 10 feels a little bit slighted, but Clemson at Notre Dame, Notre Dame is a three and a half point underdog at home. Uh, TCU in Texas will play on Saturday, November 12th. Oh man, Hutch, I knew I could count on that guy. Appreciate our uh, stats department there, our research department. Uh, so Notre Dame, three and a half point underdog at home over under 44. DJ Uyunglele is still the starter for Clemson, uh, despite Cade Klubnik coming in in that game against Syracuse. They had a bye last week. I want Notre Dame in this game, as you said. I mean, to make things interesting, we want to you know cover a playoff here this year. But um, I do think Clemson's going to come in there. I I, I don't know. I, I just don't trust Notre Dame. They're so up and down to me. They are, but this is the kind of game that they steal and, and win at home. So, and I, and I think uh, I got Notre Dame winning this one and doing Michigan a favor, which is really going to send their fan base into a tizzy. Every time I look at Marcus Freeman at the end of a, of a competitive game, he just has this, this stupid deer in the headlights look in his face. And I expect to see that on Saturday night and it won't help Michigan. The one time that Notre Dame could help Michigan, it won't happen. So uh, I think Clemson wins, probably wins by a couple scores. So um, I hate that I feel that way, but it's it's what the gut says. Yep. Uh, last game, Michigan State at Illinois. <laughs> Illinois, 17-point favorite at home, over under 41 and a half. Eight players out for Michigan State, including Jacoby Winman. Disgusting game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Something tells me that Michigan State's going to somehow cover that. Um, 
I don't know how, but you know, I don't think Illinois is explosive, you know, to just totally pound you. I think they can, but I'll take Michigan state to stay inside the number. I've got Illinois, something like 27 to seven. I don't think there's any way they've got eight starter or eight players out, several starters. I mean, if you're counting on Ben's Van Sumeren in there, they're in the middle. Uh, he's, I think he's probably going to have to play. And I don't think he made, he made the trip to Michigan. So, you know, if it's not him, then who is it, you know? Right. So, uh, that's just, uh, I, I think, uh, I think Illinois routes him. This is in Champaign, right? Yeah. Yes. Illinois, uh, Michigan state doesn't run the ball. So, Right. I just I just feel like Illinois' defense is going to be able to sit on that. Their season's over, and they've been shell-shocked. So, uh, their own fault, by the way. I'm not letting them off the hook for that. But, yeah, Illinois. There you have it. Uh, that's our show for this week. Michigan Rutgers, 730 on Saturday night, Big Ten Network. Um, Jake Butt, Brandon Gauden on the call. So, enjoy that, everybody. We'll see some of the Michigan contingent that makes the trip over to Piscataway. Excited for this weekend. And uh, we'll see everyone next time.